Hiya, showrunner Nigel stopping in just before this week's episode to tell you to stick around to the end of this week's credits to hear a trailer for the new show from Rat Grimes, the Department of Variance of Somewhere, Ohio. With that being said, on to the episode. Down and down and down again. Always down. She didn't know for how long she had been walking. Time had lost all concrete meaning here deep beneath the surface. But what she did know was that the level of water was gradually rising as she made her way down through the tunnel. First, it had only pooled around her shoes. Then, it tickled around her knees. But now, as she struggled against the sheer weight of it, the water rested just below her midriff. The water was lit from within, like there was some light source far below her but she could feel the sloped bottom of the tunnel with her feet. She froze. What if the ground suddenly went out from under her in a steep drop? What if she would fall and fall and fall into that endless deep? But there was nowhere else for her to go. This was where Jeremy had gone. God, he must be so frightened if he could feel anything where he was. Idly, she wondered if her parents still thought about her. No. They thought she was dead. And they never seemed to be the sentimental type. Still, she had to continue on into the depths if she were to save Jeremy. There was more at stake than her life. Futility is anathema to humanity's search for meaning. We go on because we don't know what we would ever do if we stopped. In this way, we are like sharks. When Maria went into that sunken temple to try to bargain for her brother to be returned, she did it because, in her mind, there was nothing else for her to do. She could not admit the possibility that Jeremy was already dead, because then what reason would she have to go on? Hope was the only thing keeping her going. Come forward, child. What seeketh? Whither goest? You're... You look like her. But... But how? Like who, my child? Speak it, and let it be so. My mum. But... It's not possible. She's... She's back home. She doesn't know I'm here. Not like she'd even care. Why do you have her face? I do not have anyone's face, my child. I am a guardian of this place. An idea to whom your mind has ascribed a similar face. One linked by blood to understand what is occurring. Even if it's the last person in the world I'd want to see. So, is this how? The underworld? Some other afterlife? This is not one of the many realms of the dead. This is merely a space in between solid realms. A place where everything becomes a suggestion of potential action. You are here, but yet your body is also floating face down in the sunken ruins of an old building. Wait, I'm dead? 
Not yet. These things are yet to be decided. So, what do you want from me? <laughs> you come here seeking me and ask me what it is that I want. Oh, right. Um... Speak it, child. Tell me your tale. Speak your want. My brother Jamie, he... Um... He... He disappeared a couple weeks ago. We got up one morning, and he just wasn't in his bed. The doors and windows were still locked, and the alarm was still on, and hadn't gone off during the night. The police took it real serious. There'd been a couple disappearances in the area recently. All kids disappearing seemingly by magic overnight, with no sign. We'd seen the warning posters, of course, but we... We never thought that it could be us. Things hadn't exactly been great between us when Jamie was around. But after he had gone, things got worse. The constant fighting I could deal with. When you grow up around constant screaming and yelling, the fear kind of becomes your constant companion. You get used to it. You know that as long as it's not directed at you, then you just have to wait upstairs in your room till it goes quiet again. After a certain point, my parents gave up hope that Jamie would come home. They chose to believe that he was a mystery now, or a dream. Perhaps it was easier that way, but I... I expected them to get angry, to rage or scream or do something. Hell, I was angry. But if it was my kid, I'd move heaven and earth to bring them home. My parents did the opposite. They drew inside themselves, grew colder and quieter. I'd go into a room and see my mum standing there, staring blankly at the wall. Or I'd ask my stepdad a question, and he'd just leave the room without even answering me. It was like a museum inside the house. Beautiful, but cold and dead. Somewhere you aren't meant to touch anything. I'd get home after school, and the house would be so silent you swear I'd lived alone. I fucking hated my parents. So, I started rebelling. I'd never been the most well-behaved of children growing up, but now I just started doing shit just to get them to pay attention to me. I started coming home later and later. I shaved my head down to the scalp, then I dyed it. I began to let dishes pile up in the kitchen, let the trash pile up without taking it out. I just wanted to make them notice me, but still that goddamn silence. And... There was a bar in town, the Fiddler's Green, that had no qualms about serving minors, so I went there most days after school. My grades were falling fast, but what did I care? So there I was at the bar, sipping a beer, and I overhear some old guy at the back talking about a place where the living could talk to the dead. I'd seen my fair share of cooks, but something about him. Maybe it was the look of certainty in his eyes or the tone of his voice I don't know 
but he makes me want to hear more. So I pick up my drink and I move closer. He said he'd never been there himself, go figure. But the story had been passed down through his family for generations. The small crowd who gathered around him began to laugh then, dismissing his story as just a folktale from some random old man. I could see them slowly losing interest as the man tried his hardest to get them to stay and listen. But they don't. And after a while they take all their drinks and go back to their own private little worlds. Once they're gone, I approach the old man, sit down across from them. He lights up as we talk, becoming more and more alive as he sees that I believe him. And this as much as anything surprises me that I find myself believing him. I listen to him as he describes this place sunk underneath the world, a place built by an ancient civilization and forgotten by the world that came after. In this place of stone pillars and empty rooms, he said, the living can speak with the dead. And if the guardian of that place were favorable, the dead might even follow them back out into the world of the living. I didn't want to believe that Jamie was dead. The thought cut inside of me like broken glass, but like my parents, as the days came and went with no news, the possibility that he was began to slowly slide its way into my mind as a certainty. I didn't want that, couldn't believe it. So if there was even the smallest possibility that this would work, I had to try. And so, I asked the man to draw a map to this place for me. He looked at me strangely as he drew it in biro on the back of a napkin, but didn't say anything. When he was done, we sat in silence for a little while, like there was nothing more to say. Eventually, it grew too awkward, so I stood up to leave. The old man looked up at me and nodded. Good luck, kid, was all he said to me and then looked away. The conversation obviously over. It didn't take me long to find here. The old man's map was surprisingly easy to follow. Once I scoped the place out, it didn't take me long to make my decision. My parents didn't even notice I was there when I was at home. And as I slipped out of the door for the final time without a word, they didn't even glance my way too busy gazing blankly at the light fixtures to even care. So, now I'm here. Oh, wow, sorry, I kind of got carried away there. <laughs> oh, my child. What troubles you have seen in your quest. Yeah, my quest. So, can you do it? What is it you ask me to do? Bring my brother back from the dead. Oh, my child. I'm afraid I cannot do that. What? Why the fuck not? I'm not the guardian of the dead. It is not within my purview to steal back what has gone beyond the veil. Then what are you then? What's the point of all this then? Your storytelling was correct in all aspects of his tale, bar one. 
I'm the guardian of the family, of the bonds that bind blood together. I am the warmth of the hearth, and the love of parent for child, or brother for brother. Well, if you're so into happy families, then bring my brother back. That's what I want more than anything. Just bring him back home, safe. Your anger is misplaced. Brother is not dead, child. Merely elsewhere. Some other being absconded with him to its own private domain to do with it as it will. Wait, you're saying... Jamie's alive? Yes. He is in a realm far beyond the reach of mortals. So, if he's alive, then you can bring him back, then? It is within my power. Then do it! What? What, is there some kind of magic word I need to say, or a spell you need to do? Oh no, you don't get to do this. You don't get to say you can help me out and then do nothing. Not after all I've been through. You don't get to do this. It, it isn't fair. So help me, damn you, or I'll... I'll... Save your rage, child. The choice of an action belongs solely to living things. I am not the face you have given me. I am the shape in the space behind. I am color. I am an idea. It is not for my kind to give gifts without an offering of some kind. So... What? I have to give you something first? And then you'll do it? My kind and I largely absent ourselves from the trivials of living things. But you're here now, listening to me. That I am, child. Offer your price for consideration. But I... I don't have anything. I've been gone for so long. Everything I used to have is gone. Or I ruined. What would someone... Something like you even want from me. Oh. I offer myself. Would you offer yourself thus, my child? To enter yourself into my service is no small matter. Yes, I... I do. I don't have anything to go home to, not really, but if it means you can bring Jamie back, if he has a chance to live a normal happy life, then yes, yes I do, I give myself into your service. Then let it be so. It is dangerous to enter into a compact with a powerful being. More dangerous still to offer yourself up in service to it. But love drives us to do dangerous things. There, in that place that was not a place beneath the earth, as Maria stared up at the Guardian's shifting face, ripples began to spread out between the worlds like the tolling of a great bell bearing tidings of change. One person's love can bring about great change from even the smallest of beginnings. 
The bell tolls out and the worlds begin to hum in resonance with it. It is an echo of the first song, the one that began when the universe was first born. Things change, slowly at first, and then settle into their new shape, as if they had always been that way. This week's tale, Deeper, was written by Nigel McKeown. It was directed by Alex Kingsley. It starred the voices of Jess Syrat as Nora, Kirsty Wolven as Maria, and Canine Donatelli as The Guardian. It was produced by Linwood. It was scored by Linwood with end credits music by Alex Schwartz. If you'd like to hear more about the show, you can find us on Tumblr, Among the Stacks Podcast, and on Twitter, at Among Stacks, where future updates will be posted. If you like the show, tell your friends, rate and review us on your podcaster of choice. It means the world to us. Now, without further ado, here's the trailer for the Department of Variants of Somewhere, Ohio. About the Department of Variants of Somewhere, Ohio, a shady governmental group that deals with the supernatural experiences a containment breach at its main office. One new hire and one mid-level employee from the Bureau of Transnatural Resources are stuck on different floors when the lockdown begins. Not all is as it seems in the department, however. This is a fantastic show. It's surreal, it's creepy, it's spooky, and the voice acting in it is phenomenal. This is some of Rat's best writing, and if you enjoy this, you should also check out their other show, The Dead Letter Office of Somewhere Ohio, which exists in the same universe. But enough of me talking. Here's the trailer. Enjoy. Hey, is this a drill? Where should I go? We're in asymmetry, then. This is worse than I thought. This isn't going to make much sense right now, but this building can move. Keep this receiver on you. If you get stuck or you see something that doesn't make sense, give me a call. The best way to succeed is to submit. Submit to the will of your pinstripe gods. Scarlet, pick up. There's something here. It's huge and... That's what we call a lark. I don't know who it used to be, but that's what it is now. None of this makes any sense. What the hell have you people gotten me into? Nothing here makes sense. Get used to it. Welcome to the Department of Variance Control. Scarlet Jaunt, over and out. The Department of Variants of Somewhere, Ohio is a new sci-fi horror audio drama by Rat Grimes, creator of the Dead Letter Office of Somewhere, Ohio. The Department of Variants is a full-cast serial fiction podcast about a shady governmental group that experiences a containment breach at its main office. One new hire and one mid-level employee from the Bureau of Transnatural Resources, named Jasmine Control and Scarlet Jaunt, are stuck on different floors when a lockdown begins. The two must communicate and get to the bottom of the building however they can. Not all is as it seems in the department, however. Beginning December 7th and airing weekly, listen wherever you get your podcasts, or go to somewhereohio.com or patreon.com slash somewhereohio for more information. The department thanks you for your time. <laughs>